Hey friend, and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we are continuing our Lent Bible study in John chapter two. This is the story of where Jesus turns water into wine. And I think you're really going to like this episode. We get into a lot of different things like, you know, asking God for what we need, no matter if it seems insignificant or not. Um, we get into like, why did Jesus turn the water into the wine? Like, why is that significant? Why is that his first miracle? Um, and then we also get into healing, the talking about healing, um, and specifically for me, healing from codependency. And so, um, yeah, I hope that you're ready to Open your eyes to some new things today, learn some new things, grab a paper, grab a pen, and let's dive in. Hey friend, welcome to Beyond the Booze. I'm your host, Victoria Plummer, daughter of the Most High, wife, boy mom, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I know that you are sick of wallowing in shame after another night of binge drinking. I know that you want to quit but you can't imagine a life without alcohol. My mission is to set you free from the lies, fears, and habits that are keeping you stuck in a toxic relationship with alcohol. In this podcast, you'll learn about spiritual growth, personal development, healthy lifestyle habits, and recovery education so that you can start living a life you love. If you're ready to take your power back, grow in your faith, and live a more purposeful life, you are in the right place. Whip up your favorite mocktail. Let's do this. Hey friend, and welcome back to the podcast. If you're not following me on Instagram or Facebook, if you're not a part of the Beyond the Booze Facebook community, you may not know this, but I have been overcoming a virus um, and an upper respiratory infection, which is why I haven't posted any podcast, even though I had every intention of recording a podcast every day for Lent, um, but I really didn't have a voice um, and wasn't able to record um, until today. And today is Sunday. You're hearing this on Monday. Um, And today we're going to continue in John chapter two, which is the story about how Jesus turns water into wine. Yes. And this passage, I've actually been pondering it ever since the last episode I recorded because, you know, I started reading John chapter two and I'm just like, why would Jesus turn water into wine? Why is that his first miracle? Like, why? Like, why is this significant? It seems insignificant. Like, I almost, like, even skipped over the chapter and was just going to go into chapter four, The Woman at the Well, because that chapter excited me. But, you know, over this past week or so that I've been sick, um, and I'm trying to change my words from I'm sick to I'm overcoming this virus um, because I have every intention of getting well And I don't want to speak sickness over myself. I want to speak health over myself. Um, Anyways, yeah, so I'm glad I've had this time to ponder this question and to like research it and dive into it a little bit more. And 
I'm excited to talk about it with you today. So let's just go to God in prayer and we will hop back into our John Bible study. So Lord, thank you so much for just your sovereignty and for being who you are. Um, thank you that you're within us, that your spirit is within us, guiding us and um, just comforting us um, in everything that we're going through, Lord. Um, I just pray for whoever's listening to this, Lord, that you would just draw near to them as they draw near to you um, and that that you would speak to us in a unique way and help us um, gain clarity and revelation in your word and help us to know you more and to love you more through um, just getting to know you more. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so John chapter two, I'm just gonna start reading and then we will just let the spirit lead us into whatever he wants to talk about. So John chapter two, verse one. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. I'm going to pause there because I'm just seeing this now, but so it's like the third day. This is happening when? This is a good question. If you're ever studying the Bible by yourself, is to like ask yourself like when, what, who, where, you know, all those questions to just kind of like understand what's going on in the text. So this is happening the third day after Jesus was baptized by John. Um, and, you know, it says it's taking place in Cana, which is a village in Galilee. And yeah, so Jesus's mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding. Um, I wanted to point this out because when I was reading the commentary on this, it was just talking about how like Jesus made time for social activities. Like he wasn't all like business, 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 or like ministry, ministry all the time. Like obviously every, every where you go is an opportunity to, you know, um, speak life into others. There's, you know, it's an opportunity to um, be a light to others. Um, but yeah, so Jesus made time for fun. And I feel like that's just like an invitation for us to um, to make time to have fun, you know, and enjoy this life that God's given us. Um, obviously, as people who are, you know, recovering from addiction and, you know, from binge drinking or who are still struggling with that, like we do have to figure out new ways to have fun, you know? Um, like, so for me today, fun looks different, you know, than it would whenever I was not a mother. But now that I have Malachi, obviously I have him to think about as well. And so today me and him went to this nature preserve and, you know, like literally just threw sticks into the water. Like that's what he wanted to do. And I just thought it was kind of funny. Like it, there was like no real 
purpose for it. Like it was just like literally just throwing like whatever we could into the water and seeing if it splashed, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I just want to invite you to have some fun, you know, maybe you try out a new hobby. Like I mentioned this in other podcasts, you know, maybe you're trying out like painting like that one, that one always intrigues me to do, uh, because it's, you know, it's not super hard. You could follow a YouTube video and learn how to paint, or you could just, you know, freestyle, do your own thing. Okay, let's dive back into the text. So yeah, when the wine was gone, Jesus's mother said to him, they have no more wine. And then Jesus responds, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby, Actually, let me pause there. So yeah, this is the part where I'm like, okay, so so Jesus responds to his mom after she tells him that, you know, they have no more wine. Jesus responds like, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. And that part always kind of confused me because so, you know, Jesus's mother sees that, you know, that they have no more wine. And just to give a little bit more context, like weddings back in those days were like week long type of things. And, you know, if they ran out of wine, it was like, it brought like some embarrassment onto the family. So it was a big deal that they like ran out of wine. And, you know, like I would just imagine this, like if you were um, at a friend's wedding, you know, and like say it's, it is a wedding that's like, you know, in some cultures, like they still do that, right? They do like the, the, week-long weddings, you know, and so it's your friends getting married, they run out of wine, and you're like, oh no, like, and you know, Jesus' mother, Mary, knows that Jesus is the Son of God, and he has, like, power to solve this problem, He and, you know, she tells him, like, you know, or she tells the servants there to do whatever Jesus tells you to do, um, thinking that, you know, Jesus will solve the problem. Um, I also wanted to point out that at this time, um, from what I've read, the, you know, commentary, it says that likely Jesus's father, Joseph had passed away. And so, um, you know, his mom came to rely on Jesus a lot, you know, for help, you know, just like any mom would, if they had lost, you know, their husband, they'd probably be relying on their adult son in some ways, you know, to help support them. Um, but yeah, so then the part that confused me though, is like woman, you know, Jesus responds, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. Um, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, okay, if it's not your time, like why, you know, we know that he does perform a miracle. Like, I'm like, why would, would he do that? But, um, after kind of like looking into this text a little bit more, what I gathered, obviously, you know, I, w- I don't want to like tell you what to think. I would never want to do that. Like, I obviously, I want you to read this for yourself. And, you know, we all have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to guide us and like show us and reveal things to us. I'm sharing mostly like what I've read um, from commentary. And then, of course, I'm giving my personal insight, but um, I never want to take away, you know, the chance for you to dig into scripture deeper. And honestly, I hope that, um, just talking about this and hearing about this, just kind of like, um, 
starts increasing your appetite for the word, for you to want to get into the word more yourself. Like I know that that's what happened for me was like hearing about like Solomon, you know, the King Solomon and how he was like the richest king and he had like everything. Um, I wanted to learn more about him. So that's kind of like what got me started reading in like Proverbs and then in Ecclesiastes. So anyways, I hope this whets your appetite. Don't let me think for you. Dig into the word for yourself and, you know, draw out the insight that God gives you. Um, but anyway, so my thought here, though, is that Jesus's mother um, sees the problem and she presents it to Jesus. And that's that's like, to me, that's like the message, right? Like, no matter how insignificant the problem may seem, like, this is like, oh, yeah, this is a worldly problem in my mind, you know, like. Um, I'm like, oh, they ran out of wine. Well, they should have prepared better. Like, why would like Jesus be the one that has to solve this problem? Like, um, but that's not what Jesus does. You know, he he's like he's not condemning them. Um, he's not like, well, why didn't you plan better? Like, why didn't you um, do this? Why didn't you do that? He's not shaming them. He solves the problem. You know, like we tell him there's a problem. We don't know how he's going to solve the problem. Like I'm sure they had no idea how he would end up performing this miracle or if he would just call his friends or tell his disciples to go get wine and bring it back, you know, like there's no telling. Right. But anyways, um, the point is to bring your problems to Jesus, no matter how insignificant they may be. Um, in your mind, like Jesus cares. He cares about our problems. Um, and obviously he cared about this problem. Um, so, so let's go to verse six. It says, nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had came from, though the servants had drawn the water, who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Okay, and that's the last bit of what we're going to read today. But I wanted to, yeah, elaborate a little bit more on this. So, you know, I'm still wondering, like, why is this his first miracle? Like, why is this story significant? Why is the story even in the Bible? You know, obviously it's his first miracle um, after, you know, he is baptized. So it's significant, but it's like, why? That's, you know, the question I continue to have. And maybe you're like, oh, I already have this figured out, Victoria. But if you don't, <laughs> just indulge me. So it says, yeah, nearby stuck stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, because 
so the Jews used these jars, um, the water in these jars to cleanse them from like impurities. And then Jesus turned that water from those jars into wine. And you can kind of see the symbolism because, you know, there's that song like, what can take away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Um, and, you know, like the Jews like were using this water to like cleanse themselves. And then Jesus turned that water into wine. And we know that like now um, as a symbolism for Jesus's blood, we, you know, either drink wine or juice, but, you know, it's like we practice the practice communion where we're like taking the bread, which is the body, and then taking the wine or the juice. And that is like the blood of Jesus. And it's a reminder that Jesus is what cleanses us from sin. Um, and so anyways, like it definitely, that helped me understand like why this was so significant. Um, because of like the symbolism of wine, you know? Um, and yeah, and then, you know, the other thing where it says that um, the master of the banquet, you know, tried the wine and was saying like this wine was basically the best. Um, it was just really cool because, you know, Jesus produces like what is best, you know, he like, it's not just some, it's just not just like wine. It's like the best wine, you know? Um, and I just really love that just because it's just like the excellence that is Jesus. And the last thing I wanted to mention was that at the end, it says that the disciples believed, like this was one of the first miracles he performed and the disciples believed, like he was doing this miracle not for everyone at the wedding to, you know, see that he's the son of God and see that he can perform miracles. Like this was like the first miracle and it was for his disciples. Um, and so I just, you know, wanted to point that out as well. Um, but yeah, so something else I, you know, wanted to share was something that I had, um, that God had spoken to me like literally on January 1st. Um, and I, th I think that's why it, this, this chapter was so hard to, you know, understand at first and we still have more to read, but I'm going to do that in another uh, episode. But it was so hard for me to grasp because like, I kept thinking like, why would Jesus turn water to wine? Like wine makes people stumble, you know, like wine, you know, causes people to get drunk. Like, why would he do that? Um, and, you know, there's definitely um, some debate about how potent the wine was, you know, back in those days. Um, but I think what I had to realize too was that for me and maybe for you, you know, alcohol has been like this idol Um and so it has been bad for us because we have like, you know, overindulged and, you know, basically made this an idol in our lives, you know, a stumbling block. But alcohol in itself is not evil. 
it's just like that overindulgence or like having it in the wrong place that makes it, you know, not good for us, right? Um, just like you could idolize anything, you know, like you could idolize marriage, you could idolize a child, you could idolize a job, like all these things aren't sinful. It's just when they are not in the proper place that would make them, you know, sinful, like just like cookies, like you could overindulge in cookies and like that doesn't make the cookies bad, but because, you know, your self-control with these cookies is not there and you just, you've literally trained your body to over consume um, and those neural pathways in your brain are so strong. Like, like if you eat that cookie, like you almost have like no, I mean, let me not talk about cookies. We'll talk about, you know, we'll talk about alcohol, the alcohol that we have these days that is, you know, if you train yourself, you know, to continue drinking, even though like, you know, your body's telling you, okay, that's enough. You know, you end up becoming addicted and, um, you train yourself to overindulge, you know, you train yourself to not listen to that, um, cue in your body that's saying, oh, this isn't enough, you know, um, but I did want to read what I had, like what I, I felt like was something that God told me, um, this year about, um, alcohol. And so, yeah, this is obviously very personal to me. Um, and it might sound crazy to you, but, um, it's something that God spoke to me and it's something I wanted to share with you because, you know, um, I don't think it was meant for just me alone. I do think that, you know, this was meant for someone else. Um, so I'm going to read it and you can insert your name into it. Um, happy new year, Victoria, my daughter, nothing changes. If nothing changes, you walked through a valley last year. You are now transcending, climbing up, ascending, healing, the healing I've been guiding you to all along. It was never about the substances. It was about healing. And now you can see that there is still much to do, much ground to cover, but I will be with you all along, just as I have always been. And so that was what I had received earlier this year. And it was like kind of jarring the part about like it was never about alcohol. It was never about substances. It was about healing. Um, and as I've like dived deeper into this journey, um, I feel like that is something, you know, that I didn't realize before. Um, it, it's taken a while until I've really like stripped away, you know, substances completely. Like, you know, it's, it's great to quit alcohol, but like if you're still using other substances to cope, whether it's, you know, weed or whether it's cigarettes or whether it's, you know, tobacco or whether it's, um, you know, binge eating, like there's still, there, there's healing that needs to happen and it's not going to happen until we let those things go. Um, and I know it's hard. Um, but the healing will happen like once you let those things go. And, you know, I just want to encourage you to like, 
seek some healing, whether that's talking to a therapist, whether that's working a 12-step program, um, working with some sort of like sobriety coach. Um, because for me, what I've realized is one of the things I really needed healing from was codependency. And that's actually something I want to talk about on this podcast a little bit more. I'm definitely not an expert, but I can share what I know. Um, But basically, codependency tends to happen when you grow up in a family that's dysfunctional in some sort of way. Maybe um, one a parent has like a mental illness. Um, They're you know addicted or you know an alcoholic, or you have a parent who's like abandoned you. Um, Different things like that. Like often those lead to something called codependency. Um, And it's basically something that you develop as a way to uh, function in the dysfunction that you grew up with, you know, and so you take on this certain personality in order to cope. Um, And yeah, a lot of times if you are struggling with um, a if with binge drinking or, you know, substance abuse, like a lot of times there is some codependency there that needs to be healed. Um, but you can't really heal until you get sober. So I don't know who this message is for, but I hope it's for you. And I hope it, um, opened your eyes a little bit, um, in a new way today. And I trust that God, um, did speak to you in a very special way. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Don't forget that we have a a meet and greet, virtual meet and greet on March 12th to celebrate our 10,000 downloads um, milestone. So join the Facebook group Beyond the Booze on Facebook if you want to be a part of that. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.